What's up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Brittany Ball of the Be Chic Podcast. And on this podcast, we talk about the healthy intersection between your money, career, passion, and purpose. And today we are covering all four, all right? Today I wanted to talk about the reality of being a digital nomad. You know, whether you want to pursue this for yourself or you just want to live vicariously through us who work from home permanently, I am sharing some of the reality of things that you have to keep in mind and how to prepare if you want to explore this lifestyle. So how do we know that this covers all four? Well, obviously you need the money to make this lifestyle work for you. And it's all wrapped up in your career, whether you're working from home or you're commuting to an office. Today, we're avoiding the office. And also, you normally want to go after this lifestyle because you have a passion, a purpose, one might say, to travel the world, have experiences, and live carefree. So let's get into it. And hopefully you find some good nuggets out of this episode to help you decide whether you can be a digital nomad or not. So I will cut to the chase. You may want to rethink becoming a digital nomad if you're an introvert or if you feel nervous about getting out of your comfort zone, especially in social situations. Now, there's obviously ways around this and ways that you can still live a very fulfilled life as a digital nomad or a work from home employee. But there are challenges that come along with this lifestyle because You have to go out of your way. You have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations in order to grow and still be connected with those around you. Okay, so just to make sure that we're all on the same page, a digital nomad is typically a remote worker who works for a company, but also can be an entrepreneur who works strictly online that has the freedom to travel from place to place So living short term in multiple locations in order to experience life in different locations, different cultures, different environments. And they are considered digital nomads because, like I said before, work is all remote, done digitally, but nomads because you're not necessarily committing to a place for more than, let's say, six months. Six months is a very key date or a time frame in the United States because you can actually be taxed where you live if you are there for over six months in the United States. So that's something to keep in mind. If you truly plan on committing to the digital nomad lifestyle and jumping from place to place, but want to avoid any additional fees that come along with this lifestyle, But before I jump into the key areas that you want to keep in mind when considering this lifestyle, I thought I'd give some context, some background as to why we're talking about this particular topic this episode. So uh, just a few weeks ago, I traveled to Fort Lauderdale, Florida from Seattle, Washington. So yes, the long flight across the entire country in order to attend a real estate investing retreat. Now, keep in mind, I have been working remotely from home for almost the entirety of the pandemic. So since March 2020 until now, I've been a remote worker, except for a few months that I worked in office with one of my past employers. And then I decided to switch companies in order to work from home again. So 
I know this lifestyle. I live this lifestyle and I have for pretty much the last three years. I noticed when I went to this event that I was desperate and I was yearning for the social interaction that I got from constantly being around people that I know, multiple people who I could engage in conversations with, meaningful ones and genuine conversations about shared interests and topics that just excited us all. Having that opportunity to get to meet new people, but also feel at home and feel welcomed by those who I was around, I realized that I was receiving social interaction that I had not received in a very long time. And not that I necessarily get that same feeling and that same positive interaction in working in the office, but working in an office does give you the opportunity to interface with a lot of people on a regular basis. This all reminded me that there was something lacking in my life living in a area that I don't know many people and I'm still fairly unfamiliar with in addition to not coming in contact with a lot of people because I do not intentionally put myself out there to find that additional social interaction that's normally built into my work life. The ease of the networking that I had within this ideal environment community at the retreat put a fire under me to go out and find a way for me to fill that void year round, even when I'm not in ideal situations. However, I did also reflect on some other things that I've learned along the way that I've embraced and that I've somewhat figured out the perfect structure for my own life in being a remote worker. And in this case, we're talking about the digital nomad lifestyle. So let's get into those key areas that can help you in deciding if this is a lifestyle for you and what are your next steps to take. So one of the most influential areas of your life that affect whether you can be a digital nomad or not is how you do your housing and what are your requirements. Depending on what your non-negotiables are and what things you can be flexible about, you may have limited or you may have multiple options for living. For my circumstance, my family moved to Seattle, Washington from Dallas, Texas for a job. So our entire move and our entire household was moved to the new state for us and those expenses were taken care of. Because of the job arrangement, not my job, but my husband's, we are here for a minimum of a year because of his contract with the company. So we took the semi-permanent route. We are at an apartment, so obviously we do so have the opportunity to move to a house, which is more permanent, but we decided to sign a 12-month lease here. And this is standard. You sign a lease for an apartment, you move your stuff in, you stay as long as you need to, you in your lease early, or you wait for it to terminate and expire, and you move on to the next. However, as a digital nomad, your options open up a bit more for short term because you may not necessarily want to stay in that place for as long. One of the cool options I learned about recently through TikTok is called Landing, and it's a short term apartment network that allows people who are digital nomads 
or have other careers that require the similar housing um, situations like flight attendants or the like who need something short term and fully furnished. There are two different options with landing where you actually book your entire lease through their services or landing standby where you give them the option to give you a move out notice if they have someone who is going to be short term, um, semi long term that is going to move in. With the standby option, you basically have more flexibility to jump from place to place, not worrying about it being furnished. And the best part, you have a very standard rent payment that you make that's normally lower than what someone would normally pay for a long term lease. This is a great option if you do not plan on staying in the same place for long. However, if that's too unstable for you, there are definitely short-term rentals out there that um, are actually considered mid-term rentals if you are looking to do like three to six to nine months at a time, like a traveling nurse maybe. So that's something to keep in mind, but it definitely depends on what your criteria is for permanence in this new location. Other things that can help you become more flexible to open up your options would be to not have a pet. Unfortunately, we love our doggies, so that won't be an option for us. But also being a single person helps with your agility and ability to move from place to place. But hey, if your partner is a wanderlust just like you, it might not be that hard of an option. But basically, all of this comes down to What do you want in your living arrangement? Could you do something as easy as crash pad or Craigslist that allows you to couch surf and really save some money? The key things in making your determination on where to live is what do you want to spend on a monthly basis and what type of amenities do you want and how quickly can you move from where you're at now to the next place? This next concept is still so cool to me, and I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but I wanted to give it its own dedicated section in this episode because it's so fitting. I learned about this concept from a city planner called the third place or your third place. This is basically your go-to for when you're not at home or you're not at work. It's the third place you frequent the most. These are crucial even in a temporary lifestyle where you need to decide what is my primary hobby, what is my primary pastime, where I can get out, explore this city, explore this neighborhood, and still do something that I love. Whether it's consistently with a specific hobby or a specific type of place you want to go to or a variety of things that you enjoy that can help you meet new people, get some fresh air, get some activity in, but then also truly exploring what is unique about the place that you're currently living in. When you're in this lifestyle, it's easy to become very sedentary and stay at home and just in front of your computer screen, but you have the unique opportunity to explore so many things, so many different subcultures within the area that you're living at and following this concept of the third place helps you identify what that means for you now when I think about my third place and how I can become more involved in the community around me and maybe even become more social as well 
The things that came to my mind include going to a climbing gym because I want to get more into rock climbing. From the Facebook groups I join, joining brunch groups to explore different restaurants, but also get to know the women in my area. Possibly even getting back into pageantry just so that I can infuse myself into that whole subculture that is live and well out here in the Pacific Northwest, despite popular belief. Facebook groups for keeping it online, but still reaching a target group, whether it be by age, interest, or location. And then another budding interest of mine is anime and manga culture and being able to go to comic cons in the area is another third place or third place activity that can get me infused into a culture that I had pretty much not thought about before now. Now, I got this idea from, like I said, an urban planner. Her name is Brittany as well. And she is on TikTok as Signed Brit. And I loved her post that gave some examples. So I'll share them with you as well. Examples for third places that she gives includes farmers markets, museums, malls, festivals, bookstores and libraries, parks, community centers, and generally online. I've heavily relied on online communities, especially since joining my real estate investing coaching program. I have had so many calls and virtual conversations with women I've met there, which has really been a huge boost to my social interaction and my overall positivity and outlook on life because of their encouragement and motivation. But there are so many other things that we can do in person that we may not default to even consider because we live in a society that's so heavily dependent on online interaction through social media and it's good to have a mix of both so keep all these things in mind to make sure that your mental health and your physical health is in top tier shape even as a digital nomad by venturing off into these areas and even as an introvert Now, this next one may seem like a no-brainer, but you really have to stop and think about these things in order to make sure that you are a good fit for the digital nomad lifestyle. When thinking of remote work, do you think about how digitally prepared you are? And not just, oh, I've grown up with technology, so I know how to use it. But do you have the progress to do your own troubleshooting? Do you have the patience and the self-assuredness to make phone calls to customer service when you do need professional help? I know me, my husband, and others that I know love to chat online with customer service versus calling, but sometimes we have to break out of that and actually get on the phone or, dare I say, video calls when you're called into a meeting at work just to show some visibility and make sure that you are integrated in the team as much as possible. But in addition to that, let's look at some of the skills and tools that you'll need to be digitally prepared for digital nomad life or permanent work from home employee life. Looking at the skills, you'll want good communication skills because you will have that barrier of not being in person to help convey or pick up on additional cues. You also need patience and positive coping mechanisms for when work gets stressful because it will get stressful. You also need to be autonomous in nature and generally resourceful. You won't always have the human resource to ask questions and ask for help like you would in an in-person job. So you'll need to really rely on your resourcefulness more. 
And then also being self-aware and disciplined. There is a certain level of discipline required to do your work remotely effectively and I get too distracted by other things. Now, thinking about equipment, some of the things that you want to make sure you always have in tip top shape is your Wi-Fi. Without having good Internet, you will not be successful in your job. And if possible, try to get the fiber connection because fiber Internet these days is most reliable of all of the offerings. You also want to have an excellent laptop and headphones. No one wants to deal with the troublesome laptop <laughs> malfunctions and terrible audio for video calls. And then lastly, you want to have an acceptable backdrop, whether that's your apartment or you buy something that is semi-professional online so that you can maintain the privacy of your home, but also have an attractive background. At minimum, you would want a webcam where you can change the background appearance so that you feel most comfortable and most confident in any of your video meetings. Now, whether your company provides this or not, definitely ask if they're able to subsidize any of your equipment costs in order to do your job as best as you can. If you don't ask, you don't know. So just be sure to ask about that when getting all of your equipment and making sure that you're prepared for remote work. And also have a loose schedule in mind. Do not go into your day without having at least a checklist to keep you on task and focus to make sure at the end of the day, you feel good about what you accomplished. Even if it's not the full list, you've gotten important things done. This is something that I had to implement early on with working from home because I was not taking breaks. But in all actuality, you need brain breaks, body breaks, and social breaks. So make sure you have a schedule in order to effectively do your work remotely. And then lastly, multitasking is fine, but definitely keep yourself honest. You don't want to get caught up at a store when someone video calls you or doing too much around the house and realizing you actually didn't have enough time to get all of your work done. That was a sign for that day. All in all, this section is just a simple evaluation if you're comfortable with all of the things that come along with remote work management and if you are responsible enough to keep yourself on track to still be just as productive, if not more productive, than you were in the office. And lastly, I thought I'd just share some tools, some that I've talked about earlier in the episode and then others that I wanted to add on for you to just feel more empowered and more comfortable with working remotely or being a digital nomad working from wherever you feel like. So some apps that I learned about that allows you to explore uh, your neighborhood a bit more and to get to meet people locally include The Nudge. This is in select cities, but they send text messages with suggestions of places to visit and activities to do over the weekend. And then also Geneva. This is also in select cities, so you'll have to look this app up as well to see if it's where you're at. And this is a location-based group chat where you're able to meet other people who are like-minded like you and um, new to a specific area that you are also new to. I also mentioned earlier how Facebook groups can be invaluable when it comes to learning a new area or meeting new people. And then lastly, just to reiterate, the landing is a short-term rental option that allows you to possibly stay at a fully furnished, 
all utilities covered apartment at a very low cost, whether it is on the standby account where you may have to move with notice or with their regular account where you are able to secure a midterm rental, but it still has the perks of it being fully furnished and low cost. So those are just some of the tools that can help you feel a little bit more confident about becoming a digital nomad and knowing that you can do it without sacrificing your social life or your budget. And speaking of your budget, always make sure that you are planning for your life ahead, whether it's just saving, not knowing if you're going to stay where you're at with your career or move on to another job. You always want to make sure that you have the cash cushion to make a decision at any moment's notice. And then keep a close eye on your budget that you're not spending in areas that aren't important to you. That's eating up all your discretionary funds. So like I said, this was going to be a quick and fast episode, but I hope that you got a lot of value out of it. Um, This topic just came to mind because of my most recent experience. But if there's something that you want to hear specifically, just send me a direct message on Instagram at the Be Chic and I'd be happy to incorporate it into my schedule so that we can talk about how to optimize our lives in all areas because we want to be as chic as possible in all areas, right? If you enjoyed this episode, please do leave me a review either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that we can grow in the ranks and hopefully reach more people. So as always, we'll be back next week with this heat. But in the meantime, keep it chic.